Welcome to Didn't Get the Memo, the podcast dedicated to interviewing and gaining insight from ultra successful individuals who departed from convention to achieve their success. Alfie, thanks for having us. Pleasure Thanks mine. for having me. Um, I don't know how much you've been told, and perhaps if you haven't been told that much, it's probably going to even be even better, because I gave you a little snippet. I haven't been told anything. Excellent. Great stuff. So we're starting from a blank canvas. So um, I'm Roy Legister, and this podcast is called Didn't Get the Memo. Um, and what that's all about is, you know, I'd written a book, and it didn't get the memo is effectively saying that most people, if you follow a conventional life, um, a life that's sold to us by schools and teachers and parents who live in a in, in, in the conventional sort of way you know you go to school you get your qualifications you go to university you get your job you live your life you 2.4 kids mow the lawn that's a success well done and i'm saying well is there actually a better way of doing this or a different way an unconventional way and that unconventional way is what i say is the way that can really catapult people to ridiculous success. I consider you to be ridiculously successful. We'll get onto the numbers in a minute, okay, if, if you don't mind. Um, but uh, that's what Didn't Get The Memo is all about. Now, whether people agree with that or not, I don't know. I don't know. I'm a barrister by profession. Did it all. Youngest senior partner in the country I was at 24. Went on, became a barrister um, and effectively living the dream. But when I was there, I was surrounded by other barristers. And what I found is most of them are frightened. Frightened about pay cuts. Frightened about losing their mortgage, frightened about not being able to pay their fees, frightened about the next case not coming in, frightened about what tomorrow held because they weren't in control of their destiny. But they were effectively sitting at the top table. You know, you don't get much closer. You know, there's royalty, there's judges. We're all surrounded by all these people who have done all the right things, gone to school, got high qualification, you know, great qualifications, Oxford, Cambridge, all the lot. But when I got there, they're surrounded. I was surrounded by a lot of people who were frightened. Now, I look at you. The way that you come across, you're a resounding success, right? Um, and I'm just wondering whether there is a better way of doing it. So that's what didn't get the memo, the thinking's all about. So, I mean, with, with that said, I know I, I've looked at many of your interviews. Okay, so background, I'll go into your background in a moment. Now, some people may look at you and think, wow, look at where he's come from. Isn't that a surprise? How did he get here? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, the only question I'm, I have for you and what I'm surprised about is why aren't there more people who come from your background as a traveller? Okay? How come they haven't done it as well as you have coming from your background? Maybe they have, but they're not seen. Look, um, my view on education, I think education is a fantastic, successful tool. But that's all it is. It's a tool. Um, and when you, when you talk about my background, um, you know, people say to me, how did you become successful? Well, I said, the lottery was a great week that week when I won the lottery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All my numbers came in. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, look, my background is, is real simple. Mm. I'm a gypsy. Um, and, uh, you know, people say, well, how can you be a gypsy if you live in a house? Mm. Well, a simple answer to that. Just because a dog's born in a stable doesn't make it a horse. Right. I actually believe in bloodlines. I actually think we never stop becoming the person that we want to become if we allow it to shine through. 
Um, and I don't ever think we ever stop being the person where our ancestries come from. And I think there's another thing. Don't ever allow your creed, colour, race, or more importantly, more importantly, your culture to determine where you're going or determine what type of person you are. Absolutely. So if we take religion for an instance, if you talk to certain Christians, they will go, oh, but the Muslims are bombing us and they're terrorists. Actually, they're not. Actually, they're not. Bad people are doing that. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. A bad person's a bad person. A good person's a good person. You know, you do, it, it really is the person. Absolutely. Not the creed, colour, race or culture. Now, there has been a phenomenal amount of gypsies that have been phenomenally successful. Mother Teresa, Charlie Chaplin, Elvis Presley, Yule Brynner. I'm people putting people out there that are sort of within the public eye that yeah. people never knew were gypsies. Well, half of them I didn't. Pablo Picasso right. was a gypsy. So the difference with me, I've come out. I've got to a point in my life, say 10 years ago, where I felt it was acceptable to come out. Now, how would I describe being a gypsy? Real simple. I'm a black man in a white skin. I actually get to see, and I, by the way, I don't believe or accept racism. Now, what I mean by that is I don't see racism as racism. I don't, I really don't. That's a made up word given to somebody to say you're different. Absolutely. That's what racism means. You're different. Well, I don't accept that. What I perceive as racism is, is abuse. No different than calling somebody fat, thin or ugly. That's what, what, what it is. Just another form of abuse. And the moment you then accept that and you see it for what it really is, it's much easier to deal with. Because the moment you go along with the racism, what you're going along is, is I'm different. Sure. I'm not, I'm not different. Yeah. I actually perceive myself as a good person. To some people. To some people, I would be a bad person. It really does depend on the people you're with. Absolutely. Hence why birds of a feather flock together, like-minded people. Now, when you talk about barristers or solicitors, Unfortunately for them, they're up against it. But they're up against it for this reason. People are coming to you for an answer. And they expect you to know the answer. They don't realise that every case is different. Mm. And you're an expert in your field. Now, I, I simplify it by going, you wouldn't go to a heart surgeon who's a genius, and ask him to fix the head gasket on your car. Yeah, absolutely. And you wouldn't go to the mechanic and ask him to do open heart surgery. But actually, they're both geniuses in what in they do. In their own respective fields, yeah. It's all about the right person for the right job. 
So I'll just come back on something. Mm -hmm. You talked about education um, being a useful tool. There are many people who believe that education is the answer to everything, all right? And I just want to touch on something. Now, I've heard you say in the past, you know, you don't consider yourself to be educated, all right? Mm -hmm. And that's in a conventional sense, yeah, right? Yeah. In the books and that school and qualifications, GCSEs, in that regard. Do you consider, right, or do you accept that education can be a barrier, a barrier to your success. Let me, let me, let me qualify it in this way. You, with, an, with a successful business, you'll speak to lawyers, you'll speak to accountants. Now, I think in business, you've got to have a peer on you to, to go forward, right? You, you've got to take some chances. You've got, to, you've got to be bold, you've got to be courageous. Now, how many of these educated people have said to you, don't do that, that's too risky, I wouldn't do that, maybe you shouldn't do that? Have, have you come across that at all with, your, with professional advisors? Um... Bankers? I've got some that work with me um, that, uh, that, that say that. But they're great people. Good people Absolutely. that we actually need. Absolutely. The trouble is with, uh, and I've had a, a checkered life, um, a blessed life, actually, a very blessed life. I'm not an educated person. But I got told, funny enough, by a barrister. He's called Tony Wyatt. Very good friend of mine. He told me I was a genius. I fell about the floor laughing. But this is two days ago. He said to me, he said, you're a genius. He said, and, and I said, Tony, please stop. I said, what is it that you want? You know, like, yeah, what, yeah, what yeah. is it that you want? Yeah, stop barring me up. <laughs> yeah. And he said, he said, and he said, no, he said, you look at life like a game of chess. He said, if you give the next move, you want to know what that move creates. And then when that move, and that's exactly what I do. I don't look at what my next move will be. It's what does that move create? What ripple does that then throw onto the pond? Education, I think, is a fantastic tool. But we are all born, and there are certain countries that you have to look at the culture of the nation. And it takes years, in my opinion, to really get to grips with the country that you live in. And you'll take the words that I said, live in. Mm -hmm. Let's take the UK, for instance. Great Britain, I feel, is a fabulous country. It's a great country that gives people good opportunity, but that's as good as it gets. Yep. It doesn't give people fantastic opportunities. We live in a society where education and the stiff upper lip is what people perceive as success. I don't. I see a better life better providing for your family and living the dream. Now what is living the dream? I can tell you, it's freedom. Choices, should I go left, should I go right? Do I wanna go left, do I wanna go right? And people say, well, well, most people can do that. No, you can't. It takes financial freedom. Of course. To be able to do that. And that's that fear I talked about, being at the bar. Yeah. People are frightened and they'll say they're free, but they're not free at all. You're free. 
Well, we're all shackled. Mm. Believe me, I believe we're all shackled in one way. It may be in a relationship, it may be in a business, but we're all shackled in one way. There are very few free people, but there are, there are points of freedom. There are levels of freedom. If I want to go on holiday, I can go. If I want to go and buy a new car, I can buy it. If I want to buy a new helicopter, I can... They're points of freedom. But I also am shackled to the businesses that I do because I also live in fear. Yeah. I live in fear of going skint. And I'm going to come on to that later on. I'm going to touch on that, on that fear a bit later on. But I think, you know, coming back to the education thing, and you talk about there are some of those individuals who work within this business, the lawyers, the accountants, and so on and so forth, the professionals. Their outlook and their approach is different. So I am a barrister. I don't practice much. I have my own business, building my own business uh, empire like yourself. Um, and I had to unlearn a lot of what I know. I had to look at risk differently. The advice I'd give to somebody, I can't follow that advice because I know don't, you don't take silly risks, right? But there's risk involved in everything. Well, you take calculated, calculated risk. risk. You analyse the risk on the... Somebody said to me, how would you describe your education? And when I give certain talks, I have memory banks of stories, risks um, that I've done over my life and I recall them like a file. And those memory banks of circumstances, situations, of what have happened to me, is my filing system. Mm-hmm. Now going back to education, do I think education's a good thing? Absolutely. Yeah. Categorically, I would implore anybody. But the education system is broken. And the reason the education system's broken is for this reason. If you, I want to tell you another small story about boxing and flying a helicopter, which is way out and too different, but I'll come to them. The reason that I say that the system is broken is, look, if you are taking your driving test, you would have three months, maybe even six months, depending on how well you pick it up, of doing your driving. So you're learning how to drive. But the first thing you do is you take your theory. So your theory is in effect your schooling. Yeah, your background. Is your exam. Yeah. What's the post on this? How fast should you go? Should you brake when you, what speed should? So that is your theory. So that is in effect what you're learning in school. Now when you learn that and you do your theory in school and you do your exams and you pass, They give you the keys to the world and go, you're on your way. That can't be right. No, absolutely. That cannot be right. They don't give you the keys after you've done your theory to the car and go, you're on your way, there's a new car, crack on. Because you've never done it. You've not done the practical. So what should happen in my belief with schools is we should have at least one day for our whole schooling, where we go to work in different businesses so we can actually find what our passion is and better still, what we excel at, what we're naturally blossoming. And and when I use the word blossoming, have you never noticed 
if you unplant different flowers and plant them in certain different places in the garden, they flourish. Yep. And that's because they've found a different soil temperament. There's a different type of sun that's, that's hitting them and, and all of a sudden they bloom. Same as people. We bloom from the positions we're in because we found something that we love. Yep. And we're practically doing it. So I believe education should be married up with practical experiences in different businesses that we do. Couldn't agree more, yeah. In this country, we don't celebrate entrepreneurs. We celebrate sportsmen and actors. But do you find it's changing? It's starting to come around a bit more, though, where you're getting recognised a bit more. Can I I be blunt? Mm. Only because of people like me that are prepared to actually put their head above the parapet and say, you know, hold on, I am a nobody. I am a gypsy. I am uneducated. I'm not getting up here and saying I'm the smartest person in the world. People take those perceptions and add labels to them, like my friend, oh, you're a genius. It's nonsense. It's common sense, actually. But because it's not seen as the norm, they want to make it special. Absolutely. And I'm a nobody. I'm an absolute nobody. There is only three things that have made me perceived to be successful because there are many things that I fail at. So you have to take success with failure and it's like having sugar on your porridge. You're either going to be a spice person or a sugary person. Mm. I love sugar. I wouldn't put um, spice on porridge, but I know that there are people that actually do. I'm a spice. Yeah. There you go. But my, my point <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is, it's not one that fits all. No, absolutely. But I, I, I believe that we have, in, in the UK, you're absolutely right, by the way, it is changing. But it's not changing because the culture in the UK is changing. It's being forced to change. Let's look at what our staple diet was 20 years ago. Coronation Street and EastEnders. That was our staple diet of people throwing themselves under the bus, never becoming a success, living in the same house, doing the same job, talking about people. The whole program's based on the Mavis that lives down the road and she's going to commit suicide. That's the whole drama program. Mm. Whereas now we have social media. And as much as I hate social media, which I do, because I think it's the falsest thing, everybody's living the dream and they're renting the car and they're... Do you know, I found out the other day, which blew me away, people rent handbags. They rent handbags. You know, it may be a Chanel or a Hermes, but I was... Really? And then show it off on social media as a road. Yes. But what social media has done it's made us more positive. Mm. It's made us start looking at, you know, there is a better life. I also think it's the destroyer of many relationships mm. because all of a sudden things aren't going quite our way. We've got somebody else messaging us. Yeah. I swear, I had a message this morning that it said, I'll show it to you in a minute. I was, it went, are you as good in bed as you are at business? <laughs> <laughs> I put back better. <laughs> I was about to say, well, where are you over there? 
but my but point yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I think that also has its bad points. Mm. Um, uh, but on the whole, it's made our nation a lot more positive. But there's a lot of people. Okay, so you're a right. There's no doubt about it. You know what you're doing. You're an entrepreneur, right? You are doing well for yourself. It's, it's, as you said, the, the trend's gone the other way now. Social media has made entrepreneurialism quite cool, sexy. Everyone's an entrepreneur on, on, on social media. Do you know what the difference is between a businessman and an entrepreneur? Go on. But do, do, have you got a perception? Or? Yeah, I, I would say entrepreneurialism, the word in entrepreneurialism, right, that features every single time is a word risk, right? In business, the word risk doesn't necessarily feature. Um, and if I had to distinguish between the two, I would say there must be a component. I was on a, on a platform not so long ago, and there were t three other people with there, on there, and they're all supposedly entrepreneurs. One of them was saying, you don't need to take risk. And I'm saying, well, you, you might be a great business person, but to me, you're not an entrepreneur. Let me hear what your take is on it. Okay. I think there is risk in business. I yeah. think there's a lot of risk in business. But for me... Um, As a businessman, mm -hmm. if you're a CEO of a businessman of a FTSE company and you said we're going to take risk... Depends how calculated that risk is. Mm. I wouldn't employ anybody that weren't, wasn't prepared to work with me and fulfil the dream of the company, and that carries risks. I am mm. I am an entrepreneur, categorically, mm -hmm. but I'm not a tried and tested entrepreneur yet. I've still got 40 years to go. And at the end of the game, we'll then see if I was a true entrepreneur or whether I was faking it. But I don't know if that's fair. If, if, that, if that, when I say, if that is the right thing to say, because you've tried lots of different things. Which right. is what makes me an entrepreneur. Right, exactly. A, now, bus a businessman, mm -hmm. let me explain, a businessman is this. He is a heart surgeon. He is a car mechanic. He is an actor. Mm. He is a barrister. Mm. He is a solicitor. He is an accountant. That is a business man. He's a package producer. He does one business. Mm. One business. And he becomes an expert at that field. That is a business man. An entrepreneur is a general practitioner. Mm -hmm. And he is not an expert at every field he does. Mm -hmm but he makes sure the people that are around him are experts. Sure. And that's what I see an entrepreneur. Somebody that is prepared to take a calculated risk on many different fields of businesses, as opposed to being a businessman who runs one business. Mm -hmm. That's the way I see it. No, no, that's, that's a fair point, fair, fair way of putting it now. Just going back to when you say you'll be judged, I suppose, when they're throwing dirt on you, right? Yep. But you were, and I haven't gone too much into your story because there's other interviews out there where your story is yeah. out there and your story is quite well known, right? So if I can chart it this way, please correct me if I'm wrong. So you leave school at 12. You um, start, you, after a while you'll start working with, I'm, I'm really summarising this quite quickly. No, You're doing bits with cars. Mm -hmm. You move from cars. Yeah, you, you do well in cars, by the way. Yeah. To a point. You did all right. Then a recession You did all right. Came. Then a recession you. came. We're going to come to that in a moment because I want to talk about your filing system, mm -hmm. right? So you do well in cars, you then go on, you set up the phone business, you do well in that. Mm -hmm. You set up your opco propco structure, then you become the landlord to the phone business, you yep. do well in that. You then move on, right, you then we, we've got the, 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 the parks and so on and so forth, Wildcrest, you're flying. 
So you've turned your hand to lots of different things and done okay. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if you're being a bit hard on yourself, and I know all entrepreneurs are tough on themselves, you know, because they, they can always better their best. And I've got a line a bit later on because I thought it'd be a great play, always better your best. And that's your next best. Mm. best I love it. Yeah, there you go. So that, I worked hard at this, I did Alfie, worked hard <laughs> at this. Right. But so coming back to your filing system, let's talk about the recession. So how, the, how you, were, you were working with cars, and then you had a, a, a situation that unfolded, right? Which was at the time pretty dire to deal with, okay? And now I'm linking it to your filing system because as you draw on your memory and what can I do here, how do I do this, how do I do that? Is your filing system containing a catalog of situations that at the time you thought, what the hell is going on? But looking back, you realized, hold on a minute, this is where I was becoming the, the man I am today. Okay, let, let, there's two answers to mm. that. If that situation hadn't have happened, there would have been two outcomes. Can you explain after. the situation as well? Just okay, sorry. It, when I was 20, I was a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And not could be, would be, was a genuine mm -hmm. millionaire mm -hmm. at a £550,000 house, at a £350,000 dealership, mm -hmm. at a hundred odd thousand quids worth of stock on there, and had four flats. Yeah. But... I had a 200 and odd thousand quid mortgage, 125,000 quid mortgage and 40 grand overdraft. And I was driving a brand new Porsche 911 Turbo. I was, and you, you know, people love to use words like, oh, he's a whiz kid. I'll never forget, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the and, you know, you're not. I'm certainly not an intelligent person. I really am not. I'm not, honestly. I'm common sensed and systems, procedures and tenacity of keeping going. What do you They're call intelligence? Um, for me, intelligence is actually an educated intelligence. That's how I summarise intelligence. Right, okay. just, I just want to understand where you're yeah, coming no, no. from. Sorry to interrupt what, you. That's not common sense. Mm -hmm. Totally. Know, common sense is something completely different and I've had some amazingly intelligent people that are smart beyond belief, yeah. but they couldn't see the freight train that was actually coming yeah. in front of yeah. them because they were so indulged in the answer of the small print, sometimes they just can't see what the whole letter says. Yeah, absolutely. You understand what I mean? It's almost like the book sense is the theory, the common sense is the practical, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, the recession setting, mm. and I didn't see the recession coming. Now, you, we could sit here and we go, well, how would you have known? That's what a good businessman does do. Because I recall on those, and since then, I've been through three recessions. I've managed them. Managed them reasonably well. And the most important thing, we've actually profited from the last recessions. But there was something that happened to me, and this is what I talk about, the memory bank and the filing system, it's, that happened to me then, which was the catalogue of failures. I'm talking about it now. Now, every time I tell this story, I get hairs come up and back because it was. I had a murmur, I had a heart murmur at 20, collapsed across wow. the desk, and I was reasonably fit. I had 62 amateur fights. I was still boxing at that time, so I was fighting fit. Wasn't an under overweight or underweight or just right. I was fighting fit, but the stress that it put on me was just excruciating. And I, uh, 
sorry. Um, yes, I, I think back to it now, mm. and it, and it and it still hurts. Um, so you're talking about the filing system yeah, and how no, it. I, I'm reliving that. So I'm sure. genuinely fit. No, I can see it. Um, uh, anyway, sorry, apologies. Um, that was a tough time, right? Tough. A real tough time. Uh, my, you feel my hands are sweating. Yeah, yeah I can feel it. I like, mean, the pain, you really are living it. Wow. They, they, uh, yeah, that, it was. So, anyway, get back into the moment. The, um, what happened was, I can't, the banks were going to repossess, but they didn't. I couldn't understand why they wouldn't repossess. But what it was, I was in a position called negative equity. I now realise that was my saviour. The banks didn't repossess because I owed more than the properties were worth. I didn't know that at the time. So to get out of it, what I did was I moved out of the house, rented the house out, put a mattress in the back of an escort van, sold the, the car, sold the stock, Broke up the van pitch and rented them out for 50 quid, 70 quid, the little mechanic base, so they could rent cheaper units to carry on their businesses. And managed to make the payments of the mortgages. Now, I had so many people say, just go bankrupt, let it go. But I was, tr and you know, I, 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 I don't know whether I made the right decision or the wrong decision, but it was pride that kept me going. But I was sleeping in the back of an escort van and all I can say to you is, having to is a great master. It makes you do the things. But I can only say this to you. If anybody says to you it's hard getting up the ladder, they're absolutely right. But frig me, do you get a lot of splinters when you're coming down? Yeah. And those splinters are so bad, it's very difficult to climb back up because it's humiliating. It's embarrassing. And the good things that all those people say to you suddenly become, well, I told you. The obvious, it was all borrowed. Oh, God, what a fake. And you hear it. Yeah. You hear it all, you know. So it's, it makes it, and it then makes it even harder to start again. Yeah. But the only good thing I can tell you is you start with knowledge. Yeah. You start with those memory banks filed. And that's what for me um getting back up and starting again you know now it's you know what 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 you what i did two things come out of that it made me a much more seasoned businessman it allowed me to become an entrepreneur because i now had a skill set that was building up. Secondly, and it allowed me to go on to different businesses which we made successful. Now, if that hadn't have happened, there would have been two things. One, I would have believed my own hype even more and made a catastrophic bad decision later on, or I would have become treble the man I am now by believing in myself more. That's an interesting take on it. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? That's an interesting take on it. So what you're saying is it could have it could have gone one of one or two ways yeah. really. You could have either like Strike gone to the moon, right, or yeah. bombed out. And that's interesting because you know when you talk about your filing system. When I think about the times where I've grown and really grown, it's been in times of adversity. And I, at the time, it's like being on a, I describe it like being on a roller coaster. Like, get me off, get me off. But when you get off, it's like, do you know what? That was all right, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I, might, I might have to do that, do that again. But don't give it to me just yet. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you learn a lot from it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, but you were learning all the way through, right? Because as a 12-year-old kid, you talked about having to. Um, when you have to do something, you, you, you get on with it and you learn, right? That, a lot of kids at 12 years old didn't have the responsibility that you had as a 12 year old and you were learning, right? Mm -hmm. So just, I know we're, we're sort of taking this out of order, but because you talked about having to, and it's my point about education, again, a lot of those who are well-educated and go for the system and get a nice cushy job, they don't have to fight much more. They've got a job, I'm all right, got my mortgage, you know, everything's fine. They don't have to find another way. There's an easy, there's a path of least resistance for them. When you don't have that, you well, have to graft. Well, sure. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. And because of that, we've put a system in place here um, at our businesses. My uh, CEO is a guy called Wazim Hanif. Hmm. Been with me for 25 years. In different businesses. You don't look old enough. See, I'm, get, I'm getting my charm out. I'm following oh, on from the other barrister a couple that. of days ago. I eh? love that. But you're in good shape, though, right? You're in good shape. You're about, uh, yeah. you're about two years older than me, two, three years older than me. Yeah, I'm 51, so. Oh, okay, three years older than me. But you're in decent shape. Do you know what I would say? We are now younger, much older. I'm an expert in retirement. So I see people that retire. And, I, and I, do you know what I tell them? Don't. Don't. Yeah, absolutely. Never. Yeah. Never retire. Yeah. For me... I think 50 is genuinely 40 today. Yeah. I remember looking at my mum and dad when I was 10 and my dad was 30 and he was an old man. People wanted to be older. They were living in a grey era. Yeah. We're now not, we're not, come on. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. We now eat better. We can train better. Yeah. You know, we keep ourselves in shape. Yeah. You know, so we're younger, we're yeah. younger. Yeah. Older if that makes definitely, sense. Definitely, definitely. That's my and, and, we, and we can go for a long time. We can go for a long time nowadays, you know. Tune in next week for part two of my interview with Alfie Best where he shares more about how he went from being born by the roadside to becoming a billionaire. He clearly didn't get the memo. But my company today, Wildcrest, is factually worth a billion pounds. Not could be, not would be, is. How is it worth that? We have assets that are worth in excess of 750 million. We owe HSBC Bank 80 million. And that then leaves the value of the goodwill. Oh yeah, you're yeah. well up there. Well so up there. It's yeah. there. Yeah. Now, what do does that make me a better person? No, mm -hmm. it makes me a fearful person. I've got so much to lose, mm -hmm. and so much also to be punished for.